podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It is the Anfield Wrap Radio City Talk. We are coming to you from, well, I'd like to say from Detroit, and it is from Detroit, but more accurately, we're just in a hotel room right now. It's not exciting Detroit. It's us sitting round in Detroit, but you know we've had a wonderful time in the United States so far. Uh, we've had a ball, uh, and we've had a ball watching Liverpool and being part of Liverpool. It started off in Charlotte, Craig Hannon, and one of the things that we we got from Charlotte was the idea Liverpool came in and took over Charlotte. It definitely did. The thing about Charlotte was just how small and and compact it was. You could walk pretty much anywhere from anywhere, um, and every you know every street that you turned, there was a there was a group of Liverpool Liverpool fans. It just turned into a sea of red on the day of the game, before the game, and after the game. Uh, we actually got kept uh, in Charlotte an extra day, and it was funny then it going back to real life, <laughs> where, where, the, where there was no red anymore, and it was just people going about their business and going having to go, jobs on that. Yeah, yeah, doing proper jobs and going to work. Um, but yeah, I think. It, it's it's been brilliant meeting all the, the American supporters and seeing how far and wide they've come from, uh, and you know quite a few of them aren't just doing Charlotte as well. They've um, you know they've done the last one and they're going to the next one. So um, it's it's been brilliant, and that there is this there's been this sort of real togetherness amongst the uh, the US Liverpool fans, and that's been lovely to see. Uh, we've also done New York slash New Jersey John we stayed in New York the game was in New Jersey it was one of those things where everyone calls it New York it's actually New Jersey uh, it is. You know, even there, even there, there was Liverpool absolutely everywhere. We did our events, but it wasn't just about that, really. There was there, there were events happening, and there was red everywhere. And, and over fifty thousand people came out to see Liverpool against Manchester City. They were there for Liverpool. They weren't there for Manchester City. Yeah, and that's not a dig at Man City. They just sort of, you know, obviously the success has been quite recent, and they've not quite taken off yet in terms of their global support. Liverpool very much has, and yeah, it felt like a home game, didn't it, for the for the team? And I think that the, the fans kind of inspired the team onto victory in in the end you know Liverpool finished the game really strongly when Mo Salah came on I mean the reception from him was unreal you've written something on the on the Anfield Rap website about it and you know you, you it made you realise that what a world superstar this fella is you know we were talking before about our taxi driver on the way home and we said oh we're here to see Liverpool play and he was like oh we're the football team and then he said oh we're and then he just wants to talk about football so he started talking about Mo Salah with us and we were like oh he plays for our team and he didn't even know you know he's just this guy who we've seen on you know YouTube clips and seen on adverts and things like that and you know didn't even know kind of what team he played for so it just shows that I wouldn't say Mo's become bigger than the club but it just shows that you know in terms of global terms where where he is now he's a he's a massive deal when he came on the place erupted and, and you know, he didn't have to wait long for a goal. He didn't have to wait long for a goal, Gareth. And it felt to me the moment where pre-season stopped being pre-season and became something quite serious. And it's strange that that happens in the sort of the hyper-real location that was what was MetLife Stadium. But all of a sudden, there you began to see Liverpool on a collision course, really, with the 12th of August, on a collision course with the first game of the season. That you know, we are now approaching what will be a really serious big season for the club. And Mo Salah almost kicked that off by coming on 50 seconds later and banging it in. Yeah, the game's getting serious now, isn't it? I think you know we we've all been to the the majority of the pre-season friendlies now, and I think you know when you're playing Barry, Blackburn, Samia, Chester, you know with every respect to those sides, it's not quite the same, and you know changing sides at half time as well. You know that that does say it's more about sort of fitness and just getting used to kicking a ball again, really. But now I think we're sort of the, the business end of the preseason. If you like, it's getting closer and closer to being real games, and I expect the one against Manchester United to be just that. Because I, th- I quite enjoyed the City game in that 
it was it was close to being a real game if you like because there was plenty of tackles in there you know Milner sent someone flying in the first half uh, we saw Van Dyke get booked for a cynical tackle on the halfway line um, all of which says you know the level of competitiveness has suddenly gone up and everyone realises now the fighting for places fighting to be in that starting line up against West Ham it's getting serious now and it's getting good and yeah Mo Salah makes an impact in 52 seconds and, and, and sends you know 52,000 people home delighted and it made me excited as well because I think it's easy to almost not forget about Mo Salah but just sort of maybe not appreciate what you've got and you know I wrote something myself about how you know that bit of business Liverpool did earlier in the month in getting them to sign a new five year deal with no release clause I know people get cynical about player contracts and stuff like that but that's a great bit of business because what it does mean whatever happens in the future is that we've got them for this season coming and how are you stopping them how are you stopping him scoring goals? Because he scores every type of goal. He looks fit and ready to go. And if I'm a West Ham defender, I'm currently not sleeping. Well, just on that, he looked so sharp. I mean, I couldn't believe he was involved just before he scored. But he had a real snap about him, I thought. You know, you could see the speed of his turns. He looked actually looked a different player to the player you saw playing for Egypt in the World Cup. Maybe even a different player to the player you might have saw at West Brom. To be honest with you, he did look genuinely sharp, like a man who's had a break and has thought about things and is coming back. Absolutely that, yeah. I, I thought, you know, uh, in the World Cup, he looked a bit jaded. He, 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 you know, his body language wasn't great. There was obviously, um, you know, a team that something gone on with the Egyptian FA. I'm uh, not sh- fully sure of the ins and outs of that one, but something seemed to be there that he wasn't happy about. We've seen his lawyer tweeting and stuff like that. Um, and obviously, he had the issue with his with his shoulder as well. But yeah, he looks absolutely tip top and ready to go now. And you know, he could have had an hat trick the other night. Uh, the caveat, obviously, that it's a young Manchester City side. But nevertheless, it's it's what he's doing and what he's doing with the ball and the runs he's making and how he's tormenting defenders and you know the audacity to chip a goalkeeper hit to the bar with that one. But you know, you can see that he's ready to go. And as I say, I can't wait to see him on the pitch in a competitive match doing his stuff for Liverpool again. And you know, I think you know. So the footy has these like weird truisms that aren't actually true, if you know what I mean. So, <laughs> so what I mean is, you know, you get people saying, "Oh, second season syndrome," or "Oh, defenders will work him out now." Honestly, all the best with that. This lad is scoring a lot of goals for Liverpool in the coming season. Yes, the other one who impressed John was Manny. Um, Manny again, he came on. He came on at half time, but again, there was a snap, a sharpness. There was, you know, he's, 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 there's an agility about him. It's wonderful to see. You can see his brain working. You can see his body working. And again, you wouldn't have thought he'd had a break. You'd have thought it was his third, fourth, fifth pre-season match, not his first. Yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. I'd sort of forgotten it was his first until you just said that because he looked like he'd never been away, and that understanding with Mo was straight in there he, he, there's one way Mo sets him up but he probably should score uh, back post and he slides in and uh, makes a bit of a mess of it but does get a goal, his goal eventually and to have the confidence to take the penalty was was good to see and it was it, it was a nice nice pen as well but yeah more to come we still got Firmino and, and that from three you know can still get better and can still improve in terms of their output and also in terms of you know getting to the, the more they play together the, together the, the better they'll they'll get to know each other and things like that so plenty more to come and then fingers crossed on storage as well because he is still looking sharp and you know you don't want to get too excited about him but you know 
he's, he's, he's looking a decent option at the moment as well um, just come back to you on it John one of the things that strikes me is we've been doing quizzes as well we've been away and loads of them have been sort of stats based or numbers based because it means we can keep the whole room involved but one of the things is genuinely uh, what a quiz I haven't done is big chances missed and top of the Premier League uh, category last season and big chances missed is Mo Salah and part of the reason for that is because he gets himself in position to miss them I mean that's a big thing you, if you're going to constantly be in position you're going to miss them but it just sort of occurred to me when I was going through that I could see the same thing for Firmino the same thing for Mane you talk there about improvements everyone's acting as though oh, last season will be a high watermark and they'll go from there there's every chance they kick on both in terms of that actual delivery of, of, of putting the ball in the back of the net but also in terms of the quality of the play given the ages of these players yeah look if you look at Sadio Mane you know around December, January everyone was saying he was having a poor season wasn't he and then you look at the numbers he kind of ends up with then you get a man of the match performance from a Liverpool point of view in the, in the Champions League final I think Firmino's got a 30 goal season in him definitely league goals I think you know he can t- kick on and, and Salah I mean, on the face of it, you'd think, oh, he'll never do that again. But he never really got going until November, did he? You know, people were saying around the Man City away game, people were saying, oh, he's a good player, but he's a bit wasteful. Do you know what I mean? And you're like, well, if they, I mean, if that's if that's a wasteful start to the season, then then what could he do next year? So 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 there is more to come, but also as well in just terms of, you know, getting more out of each other as well. We're hopefully added goals from midfield and Naby Keita, who I'm not, I'm not sure we're going to see it the weekend again because he's, he's he's done his neck on the plane or something. But you know he's he's not going to. You know, he'd be, he'd be fine for, for for West Ham, and you know he looks like maybe they're just hiding him away. Maybe they feel like everyone's seen too much now, <laughs> and, they, and they want it to be a bit of a secret. Yeah, I feel like from from the the open training and from the matches that we played, uh, I feel like that's that might almost be a sensible option just to keep him until West Ham, and then everyone goes. My God, how good! How good is he? Because uh, every time we've seen him, the things that he can do with a football, it it just seems like we've got an, a, a ridiculously good player in our hands, and we've maybe gone and signed someone who is like you know genuinely elite, and and that's so exciting. And um, when you add that uh, and the likes of Fabinho and the new keeper to so the fact that we've got a front a front three that did what they did last season, but that we that we actually still feel they can kick on and do more. Uh, in particular, Sadio Mane, I think he's going to explode this season, um, and that's exciting. And and it's it, I'd say it's very unusual to have three players of that quality, three forwards of that quality all coming into their prime at the same time at the one football club and that is exciting it is indeed exciting what's also exciting is that we got to speak to Jurgen Klopp whilst we were in the United States we'll play that for you just after this uh, but we are, we've are we got that clip we've also got a clip from interviewing Andy Robertson we spoke to both of them through through this week it was a pleasure to do so uh, this is the Anfield Wrap on Radio City Talk don't go anywhere you're going to hear from Jurgen Klopp and Andy Robertson this is the Anfield Rap on Radio City Talk. In a minute, we're going to get you Jurgen Klopp talking to the Anfield Rap. He did so for more than half an hour. Well, not more, well, he talked to us for more than half an hour. We recorded about 27 and a half minutes of it. Afterwards, we talked loads about Burnley away. More on that to come, but before then, uh, this is Fleetwood Mac with Go Your Own Way. That is the Fleetwood Mac with Go Your Own Way. This, the Fleetwood Mac. The Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> it is the Fleetwood Mac. Uh, we'll just see how we do it. It's the everything at the minute. It is the everything. Uh, and here is the Jurgen Klopp talking to the Anfield rap exclusively. Uh, this is an excerpt from it. He talked to us for about 28 minutes. That interview is on the AnfieldRap.com's website. Uh, but before then, uh, here is us with Jurgen. We can, we can do it. Eh? So, and that's completely different. I, I loved the last season because I really felt how we, how we all came together. There was, of course, the Champions League, but not only the Champions League. It was a fight for the Champions League in the league. Yeah. Everybody was in it. You, we knew that's not fair how it works. We have twelve players left, and Chelsea is flying, and we have to play against all the other that need each point. And you play West Brom on a dry pitch like. Uh, 
what is it, a bucket of a, of a hoover? <laughs> uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> wow. And the ball rose three inches. And then, yes, I was angry. It was not smart what I said, but it was the truth. What it was I thought in that moment? And then you go to this quarter, you go to the semifinals, and all games like with 12 players. The rest were kids. So, and then that was really, and we came really together, and I loved the, the, the atmosphere, the mood before and in the game against Brighton. So, we knew all, the job is not done, it's not done, come on, let's do it. And then we did it in a quite impressive way, again, after Middlesbrough the year before. I don't need these finals in the league, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it was really cool. And then you have two weeks' time to prepare, and then it happened. But it happened to us. It's not, and everybody saw the game, and nobody said it again. Again, they lost the final. We saw how we lost it. The first half an hour, we were good. And then, game changed. So, that's it. But we took it together. It was not like the fans are with us until we, we are winning. And the moment we're losing, they say, same like always, come on. Don't want to see that anymore. It's really, I want to I wanna win something. We want to win. And we see we, we are coming closer. But the atmosphere in and around the club in that, in that period was, for me, the biggest improvement uh, of, the, of the three years. I really loved it. You've you've talked about that an awful lot, Jürgen. I think as a fan, you know, I read when we watch your press conferences. We obviously read the program notes and things like that. And you you talk a lot about fan behaviour, about it being positive in the ground. I mean, how, how much more, you know, does it get out of the players? Do you think if it's positive in the ground? Look, if you sign for Liverpool, it's it's one of the biggest clubs in the world. It is so, but it's only positive. And you go out there and you feel the pressure. And you are sent half a goalkeeper or something else and you can never be good enough and stuff like that. We spoke about that. Huh? So that's how it is. You, you catch three balls, but the people are the fourth one is in yeah, <laughs> same like always. So um and you really feel then the pressure. Huh? So and it was not a, only a positive thing then. It's massive. You sign the contract and yeah, and they're not bigger clubs, they are clubs they pay more so it's not that they come because of the money yeah so the other clubs they pay more so it's really but the, the club is says something special that player want to be part of like virtual virtual said 100% clear no this and nobody else so no negotiations with anybody any could have we all know that and and so that's really cool and but I I really think that what was the most important thing that players are not afraid to play in front not become afraid in afraid to play in front of the the crowd at Anfield it doesn't make sense if the press is not. I said it. This team last year was a, again for me uh, as well. It was the first team people did not say. But ten years ago we were better. Yeah. Nobody thought about ten years ago. Well, maybe they were, but I have no clue. But that nobody thought about it. And that's first time that we had, that the players felt people are fine with us. It's not what somebody be talking about. It's not that they come in and say, "Well, sorry, I'm not Steam Gerrard. Sorry, I'm not Karras. Sorry, I'm not Rainer. Sorry, I'm not that." Some APA. So they don't think it, but you you feel it without speaking about it. That's it. And that's that changed really. And so I think I don't like waste of time. Really not. So you do something and do it. If you don't want to do it, then leave it, but don't talk about it. So I really think that we have such a good basis as a club. We have an outstanding stadium. You all are ready for the best atmospheres in world football. Crazy. Okay, maybe not Sunday, 12 o'clock, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but in other games you are. So that's all positive. We, we bring in really good players. We have a really good manager. So we all work together. That's it. That's the basis. So don't think 
But again, starting about but still we're at the end of the season. We come closer and closer and closer. There will be the moment when we all go nuts and have something in our hands and think, wow, really? <laughs> but we don't know, is it after that season, after the next season? I don't know it, but why we should? Only because other teams say, but they won it last year, that's it. Yeah, congratulations, all good, but we have a chance. So let's go for it in a positive way. Let's enjoy life because we lost the final, but all the rest was pure joy. Mm. It was a pure joy. It was like Rome after the game. Fucking hell! <laughs> wow. Yeah, we had a kind of a party in the in the hotel. So that was cool, and it's to enjoy. But only if you then think. But it's only important if you have at the end something. We go for that. We go for that, and there will be the moment with me, without me, whatever. But that will be there. But we we have to enjoy the right the, the the journey to this point as well. Jurgen Klopp there chatting away to us. It was it was a pleasure to do, Craig. I mean, you you didn't actually uh, participate in the interview. You just sat back and smiled at everybody. <laughs> <laughs> that was the way in which you played it as it wore through. But it was it's interesting, isn't it? How how he says he said even says in the interview itself because Gareth asks a really good question about his relationship with the media that he doesn't think about these things until he sits down and does them, and then he's just himself in the moment. But it was great to get him sort of completely relaxed, completely open, and to take him on a little bit of a journey, being able to talk about things that maybe he doesn't get to talk about. So him talking about, for instance, Burnley being his favourite game of last season, and then being really open about what he wants from his football team. We know he loves fan media. He's t- he's talked about it in the past before, uh, and I think from start to finish in that interview, you could see he was relaxed. He was enjoying it. He he. It was like a it was like a chat at the pub almost. I was saying that you know I wasn't asking any questions, but I ke- I kept you know there was a couple of times where I went to to reply to him <laughs> because because everyone was just so relaxed and it was, you know he he's everything that you would hope he would be as well is what I would say. Like he he, he does have this aura about him, but he he does make you feel calm around him like it wasn't nerve-wracking being around him I, I didn't think he just you know what a guy and um yeah he 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 just loved he, he loved talking to you didn't he like I think I think the very fact that he knows that when he sits down with a journalist that journalist is going to try and get two or three stories out of him um and and get a line which is their job and that's fine but with us you know you guys were able to sit down with him and just talk about things that he probably wants to talk about like you say like Burnley he he was so animated like his, his arms spread wide when he was talking about it being his game that was his game that was his highlight of last season which you would never guess uh, and and he liked and loved talking to you about how what it was like in the stand you were telling him afterwards about like you know the celebrations and the fact that it was rainy and it was horrible and it was it was New Year's and and you could see him light up even even talking about it and you know uh, I'm, I'm sure he spoke to quite a few journalists um, throughout his trip so far and I, there's not one of them will have spoken to him about Burnley and in the same way that that we did really it's it's one of the things that gets me Gareth about him is that when you speak to him you get to see firstly that there is really at his core a football supporter first and foremost but the other thing you get from him as well is that there's a real roving intelligence like he's inquisitive he's engaged with the world he wants to find out more about what you think you know and that's yeah. he, it's not like he's coming in just to come and be Jurgen Klopp and that's the thing that's, I've, we've, I've been lucky enough now to chat to him twice and one of the things I thought you get might be the Jurgen Klopp show where it's all it's the hugs and it's the demonstrativeness and all of that it's really not that at all I, what strikes me is that he's, he's, he's you get the impression he's an intros- introspective reflective man as much as the, all the out outgoing stuff that we see yeah he's, he's really interested in individuals isn't he because one of the the most the things that I like most out of the interview is the idea that he said you know he, he wants to know his players before he then decides how he's going to manage them if you like so he hasn't got some kind of set way he's not a dictator if you like 
and you know I, we, I was trying to get that out to Robertson as well and I, I know the people we've spoken to you know like what's it like though like behind the scenes you know is there a, is there a darker side to him almost if you like but I don't think he is. I think he's just really upfront. He, you know, he's honest and he deals with people as individuals, as I say. And you got that impression with us as well. I mean, you know, Craig says it, it was like relaxing and not nerve wracking at all. There was a moment there though where I asked the question and he, and he did a big pause and I thought, oh no, we upset him yeah. <laughs> but all he was doing is what you're saying. He was just having to think about what had said and then having to think about what his answer was going to be. And he, he did seem to enjoy himself. He did relax. He, he was lashing out the swear words and uh, that that, that made it difficult to get a clip for this particular show <laughs> um, but you know again that was just him being himself that was a sign that he was relaxed and a sign that he was enjoying the chat and you know credit to, to both him and to Liverpool Football Club for uh, giving us the opportunity to speak to him because a lot of clubs wouldn't do that Leadership communication John and one of the things that you get from him when you when you see him in person is exactly how good a communicator he is he's communicating every sense he's communicating with his body he communicating with what he's saying and you can see there you know you can see, you can understand completely why, why players respond to him the way in which they do but you can also as Gareth says you can see there's an openness and an honesty to the way in which he goes about the way in which he is there's not you get the impression there's no real side to him or any of that nonsense he's just very very open very direct you get the impression that at times like Gareth said if some players occasionally knocked on his door they might be knocking on his door thinking god he might be really honest here and that might not be a battle <laughs> of laughs and but but the you know honesty can have a power in that sense but it's it's an honesty which which makes it genuinely pleasant to be around him yeah I mean there was no sort of charm offensive with us was there there wasn't like a, you know I don't think he was that bothered whether we you know what what we thought of him and not necessarily in a, in a bad way you know not like well I'm going to be like this and, and sort them he just sort of well I'll have a chat with these lads you know what I mean and, and I'll kind of see how it goes and, and if I like them then, it, then it'll go a bit longer and, and, and we did get a bit more out of him um, than, we than we thought because I think he was he was, he was was just enjoying it and so, but there wasn't a kind of thing where none of it felt forced none of it felt like anything else than, than sort of four fellas and, and nearly five a couple of times having a bit having a bit of a chat and and that, and that was nice and it was it was one of the favorite kind of interviews I've done because it didn't really feel like an interview it didn't feel like something you know where you've got your list of questions and you and you want to get through and you think oh, it'll be great if he says this because because everything he says is great so you don't have to uh, indeed, that interview is available on the theanfieldrap.com if you want to hear it. Uh, it was a pleasure to do. Thank you to everyone who was involved in it, especially Jürgen himself. He'll probably never listen to this, but you know, it's one of them, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, but it is available at theanfieldrap.com. Uh, and you can also see clips from it all across all of our social platforms. But we obviously want you to subscribe. It is £5 a month. It's a great time to subscribe to the Anfield Rap and look forward to Liverpool's season. Listen to our interview with Jürgen Klopp and listen to our interview with Andy Robertson, which we're going to play you a clip from that after this break. Uh, it's the Anfield Rap. It's Radio City Talk. Don't go anywhere. It's Neil Atkinson and John Gibbons with your Reds Bet insert. Do be gamble aware. That's begambleaware.org. I had to ring Steve Armstrong to get these sorted out. Uh, and uh, when Steve sent them back over to me, and his message was thus, John, um, these are for the game tomorrow, which is against United, and I didn't even know. <laughs> well, I mean, they're, they're struggling to get excited, aren't they? Uh, down the East Lanks. Um, Marino's just... just Wandering around like he, I don't know, he's in, he's in, I don't know, a really bad dream. He's having a crisis uh, within himself, and yeah, just, just, just thinks everything's gone wrong, and, and he's looking around for the manager to blame, and then realised it's him. You say that, but I saw, I saw their penalty shootout against AC Milan, which was one of those penalty shootouts, you know, where like everyone's taking a pen. Yeah, no one can win. Pepe Reina's in goal for AC Milan, and uh, there was some some young lad, uh, I think, in goal for United. And Mourinho had a lovely chat with Gattuso whilst it was going on. The pair of them, honestly, they were laughing their heads off about this madness that they've got to do this penalty shootout. And it, it was a bit of a reminder, really, that for all the Mourinho stuff, and there's, listen, there's a list of times where 
where he's been, you know, he's been really unbearable in a, in a variety of different ways to different people. But he is a football man, and the other football lads do like him. And they were honestly, they were the laugh Gattuso and Mourinho was having. I was like, firstly, what conversations that in? Probably Italian. Secondly, I really wish I could hear it. Yeah, well, it's good to see him smiling, I suppose, but hopefully not tomorrow night. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Um, so that so I'll, I'll run through. I'll run. I'll, I'll run you through them, and you can rate them out of gibbos uh, <laughs> for me. Uh, Daniel Sturridge to score and Liverpool to win one nil, two one, or three one inside ninety minutes. Um, it's fifteen to two. Yeah, I think that's decent. I'm going to give that three gibbos. I think Sturridge just looks sharp pre-season. Doesn't get his goal against Man City, so maybe he's maybe saving it for the, for the other team from Manchester. And I think those score lines look fairly realistic to me as well. Uh, Mo Salah to score on Liverpool to win two nil, two one or three one, and that's uh, thirteen to two. Yeah, that's pretty good odds as well. He looked, you know, he looked really sharp. He was only, you know, it only took him a minute to score last time, didn't it? So um, yeah, that's not bad either. Uh, Mo Salah to score Liverpool to win both teams to score within the 90 minutes 92 um, I like that do you yeah, yeah. It's, I mean it's it's funny one isn't it because I think with the way that the, I think with the way that the teams change and I expect lots of subs again it's sort of quite hard to keep clean sheets isn't it that's because, my thing yeah because you know you you, you your defensive solidity is not necessarily going to be there with with people kind of coming in and out and chopping and changing. So you think there will be chances for both sides. So yeah, um, so first one three, um, then the next two four gibbles out of five, I think. And uh, Liverpool to win, both teams to score, um, seven to two. Yeah, again, uh, pretty, they're, they're all pretty good. Is that I just do a lot of them? <laughs> Seems things could get out of hand. Do be gamble away. <laughs> uh, as yeah, you yeah, two quid each, like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Uh, do be gamble away. Listen, we partnered up with Redsbet for the entirety of 2018. We're proud to do so as well. They're investing in Liverpool-based support and initiatives. Uh, we're going to have more on that to come. And they're back in our transfer deadlines. A live spectacular, John, is what they're calling it, in the advanced press. You said it closes at five. Is this true? Have, yeah. you, have you checked this? Yeah, it closes at five o'clock. So I'll, I'll go through to midnight, uh, my have to change but we'll just start earlier yeah, let's just start earlier. We'll just do the full day, 10, 10 a.m. till uh, 10 a.m. right the way through until 6 p.m. If it closes at 5, we'll have an hour to sum it up. Uh, transfer deadline day madness with the Anfield wrap. And, and with Reds Bet, it's because of Reds Bet that we're doing it. Uh, and we're going to hopefully be covering stuff from other clubs as well. So do tell your mates if they're looking for an alternative deadline day experience, it will be with the Anfield wrap in association with Reds Bet. As I keep saying, we are proud to partner with them. Uh, they're good people trying to do something a little bit interesting. Uh, if you get the opportunity and if you're interested in uh, gambling, do, do consider doing so with them uh, and if you're not as we always say that's not the point of it we're not trying to drive people towards it uh, be gamble aware etc etc it does matter um, and it matters to Reds better as well we know that um, we'll pop you back over with the rest of the show it's the Anfield Rap on Radio City Talk still Neil Atkinson still Craig Cannon still John Gibbons still Gareth Robertson still in a Detroit hotel room talking to you about Liverpool's tour about who's impressed about the way in which it's gone we're going to have a chat about Curtis Jones in a minute or two uh, but we were lucky enough this week to also speak to Andy Robertson as well as Jurgen Klopp play you a clip from that in a minute but first and foremost Gareth I want to talk about the fact that the extent to which Andy Robertson now feels part of the furniture. And that's a crazy journey because that's only a five-month journey, if we're honest. He wasn't getting his opportunity that much before Morano's injury. And now you sort of... It's strange the speed with which he now feels like someone who's been playing for Liverpool, playing for Liverpool for 10 years. Yeah, and he's only actually played 30 games or so. And yet, you know, um, he's settled right in now. I think, you know, he's he's got to be one of the first names on the team sheet. He's got a song. Um, you know, we love him as a player. He seems to love us. He's settled in really well. He, you know, he gets on so well with the other players at teams as well. When you're looking across the social media and things like that, and he was he was another one where it, you know it was absolute pleasure to to interview him. And I think, I think it's good 
again that the, the club get, give us the opportunity to do things like that because you know a, again what we do is different I would say to, to when he's going to sit down with a journalist because you're not looking for that news line you're just having a chat about football you're getting a sense of who he is and I think it's it, it's a good thing that fans buy into the players who are, are playing for the football club and that we like them because that you know that's going to generate positivity it's going to make it better for him to play for Liverpool if we like him if we're bought into it and you know some of the nonsense that goes on uh, you know we've seen you know Carriers coming under over the top social media attacks and things like that. I think if more and more people buy into the players who play for the football club and that sort of gap between players and fans is closed more and more, then then the club as a whole becomes a more positive place and that can only result hopefully in better results. So it's it's, it's all good and yeah, I'm a big big fan of of Andy Robertson anyway and even more so after doing the interview. I absolutely love the idea that you know the, the way he's grown up in Glasgow and, and playing football in Glasgow has shaped the player that he is and I think you can see that and I loved it when he said sort of you know. Uh, if you take that away from me, I'm not a footballer, basically. Just on that quickly, Gareth, it strikes me, you know, we, we talked about the manager, obviously, before we played the clip from the interview, but it strikes me that there's a real sense of 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 there being a, a set set of characteristics, the idea that this is what he wants his Liverpool players to be, that he, what he wants Liverpool players to be in general. And, it, you know, you get the impression it's, it's a little bit in his own image, but there's lots of room for freedom on that. But it's, you know... Scout, scouting I'm fascinated by now because you get the impression they're not just looking at literally how good is he at trapping it they're also looking at how will he fit in with what we're trying to create behind the scenes what we're trying to create back here and when we were chatting to Robertson you got the impression you know that part of the reason why he's settled in the way in which he has why he feels part of the furniture is because the extent he fits in with all of this and you get to see that as well on social media the way he interacts with the other players yeah they're absolutely sort of scouting personality as much as as skills I think and you can see that I mean it, it's, it can be no coincidence that so many players now who are at Liverpool have a, have a certain type of backstory almost where they've had to sort of battle against the odds to get to where they are and I think you know Jürgen looks at that, or the or the scouting team look at that and say, this is this is someone who's going to fight against adversity, who's going to keep going, and that's what Liverpool needs because we all know how difficult it is for Liverpool to compete at the very top end of the Premier League, and so you're going to need a certain mindset to keep on going, to keep on pushing, regardless of what people are saying outside the red bubble. You know, Liverpool are never going to be probably favourites for the title at any point because there's always going to be someone who spend the more money, Man City, etc. But you know that shouldn't put our lads off in going for it. And if you've got this certain mindset, if you've got this certain personality, you'll think that they'll dig deep and keep on going and keep on going and keep on going. I think Kaita looks another one who's like that, you know, given his backstory. So you know, it, it's definitely, definitely no coincidence. And th- th- there's a great piece which is referred to lots of times about, um, I think it's about Barry Hunter when they were scouting Sanchez at City, um, and it was like you know they produced this huge dossier, but it was things like you know. Um, he was the last to leave training. He was coming back into work on things. He was learning the piano. He was playing tennis. You know, they knew everything about him. Everything, and and I think you know Liverpool are doing the due diligence and then some on the players they're buying these days. Yeah, it's it, it's great how much you see them taking the mick out of each other because that shows like team spirit, doesn't it? And it shows that no one's kind of too big for the boots. And they do it in you know when you see them knocking about together, they're doing it on Instagram and stuff like that. There was a great one yesterday with, with Oxley Chamberlain where he's got this jumper with Gucci blazoned all over it, and um, Andy Robertson said, "Oh, who's your jumper by, lad?" And you know just stuff like that's just like you know just shows and you know Chamberlain's away from the squad, but you know they're, they're still kind of keeping him involved, and it just. I think it's nice because I think that togetherness is it was a lot of 
why the, the team did so well last season. Okay, there was no trophies, but that run to the final was brilliant, and a lot of that comes and that and that breeds more to kind of togetherness as well. And I think in the past. You know, you've heard players say, oh, I went to Liverpool and it was a bit intimidating and the dressing room was, was this, that or whatever. There doesn't seem to be that at, at the moment, you know, when you see that from Andy Robertson, someone who's, you know, who's, who's come from Hull and as, as Gareth says, you know, has had the, the backstory he's has, but he looked completely comfortable, didn't he? He's always skinny, pretty comfortable with, it, with everyone he was around and there doesn't seem to be, like, the problem with, like, even split between, like, senior players and, and the younger ones. I've noticed Curtis Jones, who's been brilliant on this tour, talking about James Milner, and how, how good James Milner's been with him, and you and you know James Milner doesn't really have to do that. Like you know, Curtis Jones is probably going to have the best of his career once once Milner's you know doing something else. But he but he's trying to help him because he's a decent fella, and he thinks it's it's the right thing to do for the football club he's at. Okay, this is the Anfield Rap on Radio City Talk, and we're going to play you now our Andy Robertson uh, clip from our interview with him. Uh, so here's us, and here's Andy. One of the, the key to finding things last season, I think, for supporters, and especially for those who were there, but even those who heard about it, was the, were those scenes after the game finished against Roma. You know, when you came over, Manny came right up into the crowd, everyone then came right up into the crowd. There was a real sense of togetherness, both supporters and players, and we could see your togetherness and see that you were, you were into what was going on off the pitch as well. Did that, you know, what was, what was the dressing room absolutely buzzing about all of that, about how, what that felt like, about not just making the final, but getting to have that connection with the supporters in that moment? Of course, I think you know this club's good at you know the players and the fans. I think have got a good relationship, but I felt you know the last six, seven weeks of the season, you know last season, I think we all really came together and um, you know it was probably since the Man City game really in the ch- um, at home in the Champions League. I think you know the way the crowd reacted and you know the way we reacted to them putting in a good performance and then you know obviously getting through to the semi final. I think from that moment on, we really felt that. You know, we were all in this together, and it felt like that. And like you said, the the scenes at the end of the Roma game was was special. I think what five thousand or whatever were there, and you know, you could see them enjoying it just as much as us. And and I think you know, a few of the lads after the game, we were you know clapping the fans, and then everyone headed in. But we were, you know, we might not ever get to a Champions League final again. We obviously hope we do, but you just never know. And. I think we were really of a sense of let's go and enjoy it. The fans are getting locked in for an hour, an hour and a half or whatever it is. So, you know, why not go out and, you know, just enjoy the moment and, and celebrate with them. And I feel as if, you know, that 15, 20 minutes was special. And, and obviously, you know, the gaffer and all the staff came with us and, um, you know, all the boys were together. Um, and it was, you know, obviously after the changing room, once we went in, it was like, you know, we've made them we've made them happy and proud. And, and now we just have one more step. But of course, we never made that step. But, you know, I think... Hopefully this season it will still stand us in good stead that, you know, the fans and us will keep that kind of relationship and, um, you know, hopefully it can it can bring us trophies. You're a Celtic supporter yourself or grew up a Celtic supporter. Uh, you love Liverpool now, obviously. Uh, <laughs> there is... What was noticeable last season was you know you got your song and your song absolutely chanted out and as as someone who's going to been going to football matches in British stadiums for years you know that must have grabbed you. Um, firstly, how did it feel when you when you know when when you first heard it and I thought these people are right behind me here. But also secondly, some of the lads jealous do they want one as well? <laughs> um, I think I think the first game that I really heard it was the I think at Man City home in the league and. You know, it was obviously you know a great moment when the copper singing your name and stuff. It's it's special, and and all the lads that have a song and stuff feel it. The lads that don't maybe um, you know feel as if they should have one. I think Chambo before he got injured was wanting one, and um, I think his name's just too long. <laughs> <laughs> so you need to change your name to get one. And then, um, 
you know, I think I, I've had a discussion with Big Virgil and uh, there was a song up at Celtic that he kind of wants to get going. So we'll see if we can help <laughs> him with that. But, um, you know, I don't want him to have a song. He'll just he'll get carried away, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, on, on that and on, on the fans, how aware of the fans are you when you're playing? I mean, because... You know, you must sort of get in a zone, I presume, when you're playing football and sort of forget about it a little bit. But are you aware of atmospheres? Are you aware of the fans? And and sort of taking that on as well, are you, are you aware what fans are saying sort of on social media and things like that as well? I think, you know, in terms of social media, I think for all the lads, there's, you know, you know, without being, you know, not up ourselves, but, you know, we've got a lot of followers and, you know, there's a lot of Liverpool fans who want to tweet you after the game. So, of course, you see you know certain things but you know you just you can't see it all you can't go through it all and you know see but you know when you're doing well of course you can see comments coming in and stuff and you can see when they're happy with you and maybe when they're not so happy yeah. with you but um you know the liverpool fans have always been supportive of us and um you know in terms of in terms of games i think you know players have always got to block it out as such but in the big nights it's very hard to and it can give you a lift and i think last season that's why we probably didn't drop points at Anfield I think you know I think if you ask any of the lads it's not really the say the Man City or the Roma games at home that you know you need them but that's when they're special but it's maybe you know the games last season that we maybe struggled Burnley at home West Brom at home where we dropped points where you know maybe we just needed that lift um, and you know hopefully the fans can give us it this season that you know if we are drawing then it can push us to win or if we're losing then it can push us to draw and these points all add up but you know, on the special nights, it's it's very hard to block out, and especially at the start of the game, it's, it's special, and it um, you know it gets you right up for the game. That's Andy Robertson. Uh, really hope you've enjoyed that. Uh, and the, all of that conversation, again, available at theanfieldapp.com. You'll be able to subscribe through there if you want to hear us talking to him. Uh, it was a pleasure to do so, and thank you very much to him for taking the time. Thank you to him for donating a jersey uh, signed by him, uh, which we raffled off for Liverpool food, bank, food Banks at our event in uh, New York. And we're looking to do the same thing. By the way, the, the good people of New York, the people who won it, are actually going to raffle it again and also donate money to Liverpool Food Banks, North Liverpool Food Banks. And Adam Lallana put forward a jersey as well, signed by him and the whole squad including Klopp which we're going to raffle off at our event in Detroit and again going to send the money to the same cause uh, but that is what you know these footballers they can they can see they are connected to the world I think it's important to point that out at times they can seem a bit distant and we all know why and it's hard for them but they do want to be connected they do understand the way in which the world works and they are looking to help out where they can uh, this is the Anfield Wrap on Radio City Talk here are the Blue Tones with Slight Return the Anfield Wrap on Radio City Talk that was the Blue Tones Slight Return uh, Craig Hannon, there's probably two breakout younger players that we've seen through the whole of pre-season uh, and also on these tours. The first of whom is Curtis Jones. He's, he's had tons of opportunities and you get the impression he's really relishing playing with, with better and better players, which I think you know can at times seem a bit intimidating uh, for younger players, but he's really impressed me. Not just on the pitch as well, off the pitch we heard him um, speak to some of the journalists after and A, he was confident enough to do so. He had loads of fun with Redman, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He he, he was enjoying it and, and um, for him to have the confidence, because you look at someone like Ben Woodburn who um, maybe finds it a little bit more difficult, is maybe a little bit shy and is, and is going to have to grow with that but if you look at Chris Jones he's just you know yeah yeah I'll talk to you lad yeah no worries yeah and he just he has this like this confidence and, and that's obviously helped him on the pitch as well like uh, John and I last season watched um, quite a bit of him in the uh, the under 19s um, and you know he was he was the standout player there but 
what he's done is he's come in this preseason and that's just translated perfectly. He just looks exactly like the same player. He's doing all of the same things, the step overs, the tricks, the um you know, and and that's 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 exciting that he's just you know, he doesn't look out of place at all. And if that continues through preseason then Maybe Klopp's looking at him to, you know, be back up. And uh, in the interview, Klopp talked about, um, you know, he wants he wants a bigger squad. He wants more experience in there. But having someone like Curtis Jones, who has the ability to, you know, to create something and make things happen, that's that that's only a positive for this side uh, coming into the new season. He does just seem a positive to me, John. And it is it is the personality, but it is also the fact that you see that translates onto the pitch. You've seen a lot of him because you you do a lot of the youth stuff for the for the Anfield rap and you've seen him grow and you've seen him develop. But you, you really feel as though this has been for me, you know, we would all ha- had hopes he would become a Liverpool first team player. But this preseason to me, it doesn't feel like we've discovered him, but it feels like it's really all accelerated around him. Yeah, it it's kicked on and, and the reason for that as Craig says is because he's played exactly like He's played for, for for years, and and sometimes players can go into the shelf for a little bit for the first team, and you understand why. You know, you you you're surrounded by superstars. The, the game's quicker, and you just think, oh, I'll just I'll just pass it to him. He's really good, and and I don't want to do anything you know wrong. Whereas he's he's not scared of doing things wrong. You saw that with some of the some of the flicks and some of the, the skills that he showed in the game. You know, it's it's kind of risky stuff, but but it but it paid off. But he's not he's not afraid to do it. And yeah, just the way he carries himself is really impressive. You know, he's got that good level of cockiness that that I think you need because he is going to have to back himself because he's got some really good midfielders ahead of him in the queue at the moment. So he if he if he if he doubts himself and he doesn't feel like he he belongs, then he's, he's sort of got no chance really. So he's he's good to have that swagger about him and that'll hold him in good stead because. You know, it, there's an opportunity for him there this season. You know, as I, as I just said, there's some good midfielders ahead of him at the moment. But you know, you'd, you'd be if we were playing in the League Cup next week, you'd be made up if he started, and you'd be you'd be looking forward to to watching him and seeing how he got on. People should be excited, Gareth. I think you know. I, I still want to see Liverpool do one more. I know you want to see Liverpool do one more in an ideal world. But people should be excited about Curtis Jones. They should be looking forward to the opportunity, as John says, to see him start in League Cup games. To maybe see him get one or two unlikely league starts where he just sort of gets dropped in, and we might feel it's a bit from nowhere. But you get the impression that there's a chance in the back, the, the backroom team, along with Jurgen, and maybe already earmarking some games for him this season where he where he comes in and gets to do bits. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm I'm really excited about him. I think um, I think he's got the the Liverpoolian in him. Um, he's he's got that swagger about him that you know anyone who's sort of played football at any level or in or around Merseyside has seen the good lads have a certain <laughs> not us <laughs> have a certain swagger about them, and, and and that's what he's got. I think he's got a bit bit. You know, a bit more to his game that we haven't seen as well. I think he's a bit of a fighter, a bit of a battler as well. That's got him into hot water at times in the past at, at youth level. Um, obviously, he's trying to shine at the more senior level now, and that hasn't sort of come out yet. Uh, but again, he'll grow into that, and I imagine that'll stand him in good stead as well. I mean, I I obviously like a fighter and a battler, uh, but he's more than that though, and he, he's shown that, and he's shown as John says that he's he's not out of place, and it's a real bonus that you know we talk all the time about these preseason games being opportunity for the lads uh, you know for the fringe players if you like and that they have to take that opportunity and we've seen you know this week a load of people end up on a list uh, which pretty much says you know these lads are, are for sale for this amount of money but 
and a lot of those people who were on that list haven't taken their opportunity for me in pre-season they've looked poor a few of them uh, whereas Curtis Jones is the one on everyone's lips the one people are talking about and as you say one you you would expect to get some game time next season I mean when that is it will still be difficult for him because you've got Milner you've got Henderson you've got Van Alden on top of the two lads we've bought in midfield so it'll be difficult for him but I mean the crucial point, the crucial point is as you've all said that if he does end up on the pitch no no one's kicking off about that everyone's happy about that and, and again it's a nice thing as well I mentioned the Liverpoolian thing it is a nice thing for a Liverpool lad to play for Liverpool it is a global game now you know the, the world's a smaller place than it once was but there, sh- there still should be a pathway for local lads like him like Trent to make it all, way, all the way to the first team because that'll only spare on young lads who play on Merseyside now to try and do the same thing um, the other one who stood out for me and you Gareth especially because we were sat next to each other at the game uh, Camacho from right back if, if I'm I'm stunned really to be honest with you it's a real a real emergence not not talked about anywhere near as much John knows his backstory we'll come to John in a second but just looking at the raw sort of output that we've seen from him and right the way through pre-season to me he looks a genuine option there certainly when we're at home against sides who are going to sit deep you can you can see a pathway for him getting getting some game time that I, I genuinely wouldn't have thought he was anywhere near now a, a, a surprise um, you know really good at getting forward a confident lad strong as well really strong um, but you know can beat a man and put a decent ball in and we saw that you know he linked up with Mo Salah for, for his goal uh, there, there was another one as well where he set Mo up um, and yet he's not shy he's not shy at all and he's another one he's definitely taken his opportunity he's definitely got in the conversation and all of a sudden again you know if, if we're all the way you know lean you know that you can get injuries we've seen that before we saw that towards the end of last season where Klopp literally had 12 players and he had to win a load of games with 12 players and at times he maybe didn't want to lean on some of the youngsters but what he's seen this pre-season I think is that he can lean on a couple of them and they're not out the depth and Camacho's another one of those John Nathaniel Klein's gone home for family reasons from this tour. Uh, you wonder what the, what the knock-on effect of that is. Um, we've also seen that Matip's injured, which throws Joe Gomez into the centre-back conversation. <clears throat> At which point, Trent's coming back late from the World Cup. There is a bit of a, you know, we've got four games in August, and there is a tiny little bit of an opportunity of a vacancy for opportunity in uh, at the right back position and I, again you know you, you you'd say as much as I would maybe that Camacho was a surprise that he's he's, he's knocking around that but all of a sudden he is he is yeah I mean I've watched a little bit of him I never thought he was a right back to be honest with you he's, he's played a lot of different positions for for um, for the youth teams um, popped up in, in a lot of different places I think as much to try and improve his all-round skills as it is that they weren't quite sure where he was best. I've seen him play wing back, um, but not. And I don't think I've ever seen him play play right back. But he's doing well there. He looks strong as well, which I think has surprised everyone as much as his skills. You know, it's it's all well and good, you know, being you know a, a young, skillful Portuguese lad, you know. But he's 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 tough with it as well, and 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 that's you know going to bode him. In good stead as, as much as kind of what he can do on the ball is his two footedness is really impressive as well. He can cross with either foot, which is a real asset when you know you, you you're going up against an opposition fullback and and he doesn't quite know which way you're going to turn. And sometimes you know there is a surprise package and it might just be him. And as you say, there is a little bit of an opportunity there. And that was the same for Trent, wasn't it? Suddenly there was an opportunity, and then then it was his shirt. And I don't think Camacho. You know, we'll, we'll quite grab it in the same way that Trent did, but you know, it is another option for us that we didn't think we had a month ago, and that's really good. 
and it's, and it's another youth team, uh, another youth player that makes things happen and doesn't play safe. Like um, I remember last season watching him for one of the youth teams. He came on as a sub, and it was against United. Mm-hmm. Um, and he comes on and he crawls one in the, t- the top corner and just makes something happen. Pretty much wins the game. Um, and you saw that the other night, how direct he was and how, how how he was, you know, happy to take players on, put the ball in the box, and uh, and not just play it safe. So um, another really exciting prospect that's that's kind of come out of nowhere. It, is, it has come out of nowhere. It's worth pointing out, John, and amongst all of this, that the, the solid performers have remained solid performers through pre-season. We're all shaping up now. There is now one eye on West Ham, but you know Liverpool have got they've got footballers they can rely on. They can rely on Virgil Van Dijk, Ranier Clavin's not done much wrong right the way through pre-season. You know he'll probably may well start against West Ham if Matip doesn't get back, but it'll be him or Gomez. We mentioned Andy Robertson before, but Alberto Moreno's had a decent pre-season as well. James Milner's been in there. It's you know you can see the squad taking shape. I think we'd all like to see one more but you can see the squad taking shape yeah I think we're in a much better position than our rivals are um, you know you're looking at it and Man City as I say put a really young squad out and it was only what was it two weeks until the until the kind of start of the season got really. the community shield on the, on the yeah, third world and, and, and so I don't know where their lads are to be honest with you like did they just go deeper in the World Cup I don't know but you know it seemed a bit of a strange one watching such a such a young side there obviously you know there's Seems to be strange going on at Man United where they're all just really miserable and 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 you know there's I mean Tottenham had a good result the other night but we still kind of haven't, haven't signed anyone and and so yeah I think I think this pre season's gone as well as it could have done for Liverpool really I think you know it's not an ideal one with people coming back at different times and things like that but part of that's nice as well as a supporter you're like oh yeah we've got him as well do you know what I mean and so it's so it's so it has it has been it has gone I think as well as. As, as well as could be hoped at the preseason in terms of in terms of how they've played in terms of how how certain people have done and you know apart from a couple of little things as well like everyone everyone's fitness looks good too. Gareth, it's it's you know we're lucky enough to go on these tours and we know that, but it's hard not to be excited. It's hard not to be excited in general by Liverpool or what you see off the pitch, what we get to see amongst supporters. It's great to hang around with supporters. We did some tailgating. It's just hard generally not to be excited by this football club at the minute. Oh yeah, definitely. It's it's. I mean, we're really short odds for the title. Um, around about four to one last time I had a look, and you know that in itself is exciting because that means you know people outside of our bubble are looking in and saying, "I, I, Liverpool look good." Um, you know, I, I did some radio, American radio earlier in the day, and I spoke to Rodney Marsh, and he's not. He's sometimes, you know, not the most. Uh, he's difficult. He can be angry and miserable. <laughs> you and Rodney have quite a relationship. Yeah, yeah, we've we've had a few arguments in the past when I've done the done the radio in the past, but even he was really positive about Liverpool. He said they look really good. They should be challenged for the title with this side and. You know, the spine of the side right now is is really exciting. I mean, we're still yet to see the goalkeeper. That's something to get really excited about. Allison, you know, we paid that record fee. Lots of people saying really good things about him. His stats look really good. He's played at a good level there as well. It's not like he's coming in from like an unknown club or an unknown country. He's played at a good level. He's played against Liverpool. Um, and so all of a sudden, you know, we're in goal, Naby Keita in midfield, Salah up front. You know, we're, we're a real proposition for the title, I think. And, and you know, other, other sides will be fearful of Liverpool and that's really really exciting for us uh, you know I, I can't wait for the season to start now I think you know 
the first game at Anfield should be something special. I think there's real positivity amongst everyone you're speaking to. There's no real dissenting voices. You know, you mentioned before one or two people are saying, "Oh, it'd be lovely to sign another one." You know, that it was a little bit of a shame about the Fakir situation, but nevertheless, this is a squad, a really strong squad. I mean, I would say for me, it's probably in terms of strength and depth, maybe going to sort of like the 2001-ish season under Julio, where you know you're looking around at what we've got and we've got numbers in in most positions on the pitch and you're thinking this club can go somewhere it can indeed it's been a pleasure uh, the Anfield Rap House in the United States hope you've enjoyed this show hope you've enjoyed everything that we've been producing across all of our platforms uh, it's been wonderful to do a little bit of a radio show as well so Liverpool will be back on Monday uh, if you've been worrying about us and, and want to take us back in uh, we're back on Monday we're going to see one more game we're going to talk to you all about it the Anfield Rap uh, it is Radio City Talk and we are genuinely excited Podcast Network.